1: Welcome, you're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Nam Phan of Pacific Private Money. Mark Honf is off today. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. And that certificate's not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon, with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Today's trivia theme, again, is miscellaneous trivia. Our special guest is investment advisor ken winens and i got to give a little intro here ken is the guy who got me into radio all the way back in 2009 yeah really he had a show on knbr called the money scorecard and that, that was fun yeah yeah a guest and then after that said hey edward uh it's kind of i get kind of busy would you mind like helping uh, out co-hosting here and i said i'd love to and from there they just
2: Took off. So both of you must be interested equally interested in investments and sports. Is that is that? Well, well that's just strictly the business. One, yeah, specific. Okay.
3: But actually, Ken, you were a, quite a skier, if I remember. I did. I I was a competitive skier. I ran track and field in college. But it is funny that we talk about sports because. I just find it funny that a, a lot of the teams that were in the Barry when you and I started doing radio are no longer in the Bay Area. So isn't that kind of interesting? <laughs> yeah.
2: Hey, so before we, get no off of sports, <laughs> before we get off of sports, what about the Giants and Dodgers coming up? That's going to be a series for the ages, won't it?
3: Oh, and well, it's so funny for me now because I have family in Southern California and I live up here. And oh, I just love to poke the bear on that <laughs> thing. them. Yeah, they always say, they always say, they're so lucky. They're just, there's no name players. I say, well, call it what you want, but they're, they want, they, they sense their pennant. So yeah. be, be quiet, <laughs> <and> move on. <laughs> That's All right. Great. And
1: can you, I, I look at you as quite a mover and shaker. Uh, oh, and you just you. came back from Washington, D.C.
3: You know, it's it's funny that uh, so a little bit of what I'm looking at, I I mean, I and I I think it's the the only people who seem to be denying it are uh, the people in Sacramento. People are are considering their options on relocating their residents, not necessarily moving, but changing their residents to tax states that are more uh, tax friendly. I'm doing the same thing with Nevada. I'm looking at it. By the way, it's not Nevada. It's Nevada. So yeah. <laughs> you, you, know, you need to make sure yeah, it's when in Rome. But um, so anyway, I have an office in Las Vegas and I was invited by the Vegas Chamber of Commerce to join a delegation of business people back to Washington. And there were some big hitters there. There were people representing Steve Wynn, the Raiders that were part of this. And so... I haven't been to Washington in a number of years, and it was interesting to be there during the whole COVID environment. Oh, and by the way, if you were not vaccinated, it was kind of like, don't even bother going, because they, they you had to show your vaccination card everywhere I went, every building. They really are taking this stuff seriously. So, Well, well hold, right? on, hold
1: on a minute. They're, they're taking it serious, except... The White House staff doesn't have to be vaccinated. And well, a lot of thinking. other federal government agencies, uh, they're, they're, you got to get it. But for us, no, not so much.
3: Right? I'm, I'm just <laughs> telling you, man, yeah. I mean, they made it rough on anybody who was not vaxxed. I mean, I saw them get their their thing jammed up their nose every morning. It was, yeah, it was pretty good. Wow. But, but anyway, being back there, so number one, it was very quiet there. I mean, there were, the, you know, springtime, Washington, D.C., Edward, your daughter, went to school back there. You know, it's beautiful. You know, it's gorgeous. You know, everybody... I, I was shocked to see uh, you could get into restaurants very easily. Uh, you could get wow. into the museums very easily. So anyway, just as a, a note, that it was you know still this idea of we're getting back to normal. I didn't see it. Okay, but now the politicians. It was very interesting because I met both the Nevada state Sen- or the they met the Nevada senators, most of the Congress people, and it was so wonderful that these people were very pro business. They Democrat Republican didn't matter they were, what can we do to help you employers? What can we do? What are your needs? Uh, a lot of the, about the infrastructure bill, what's going to be coming directly to Nevada. A lot of talk about desalinization plants, uh, water. They're very serious about stuff. Wow. And I, and I found it interesting that when I tried to make appointments to see certain, uh, uh of our elected officials in, in Washington, if, uh, I found that COVID was an excuse why they couldn't meet. So just very different. So what I will tell you guys is that I did bring up, as you both know, I, I mean, I do, I'm an economist by training. Mm-hmm. I've written history books and I brought up about that the policies in Washington are inflationary. And I asked point blank when we were talking with these people, I said, you know, do you guys understand that you've put us on a, you know, I, I know that Jay Powell at the federal reserve thinks this is temporary I am of the opinion that history is going to prove me right that this is not temporary. When you when you produce too much liquidity for too few goods and services, you have inflation. According to Milton Friedman, I believe in that definition. And I asked him point like blank. I said, "Do you guys really believe in this temporary inflation?" And I and they asked. one one the congressman said, "Ken, do you want the political answer or the truth?" Yeah, said, <laughs> the truth. He says no. He says, "Look, I've been in Washington a long time. I agree with you." He says, "Look, I'm not you. I don't have your resume, but I agree with you." We've got sustained inflation. I said, but Congressman, do you understand? And I said, I'm just backing into it. You're, you're talking to a room full of business people where we have to be careful of how much debt we take on. You know, our, our, and you guys are attaching. You guys talk about trillions the way you used to talk about billions. And yeah. you guys are now, you think you have budgetary problems now. What is going to happen when interest rates go back to just a 30-year average? When, when treasury bonds, which are about two, you know, 200 basis points higher than they are today. Yeah. Anyway, nice
1: continue on in just a minute. We're going to cut to our first commercial break. We're on kind of hard breaks here. Okay. Uh, our first trivia question is, uh, and then you know the rules, Ken, don't answer until afterward. i got going shut up. This it's Norm's turn. Okay. Uh, Give it a shot. Facebook was originally developed as a social tool for students at which university? That's be a question, all right? Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate, which is worth over $100. All right, stay with us. You're listening to The Best of Investing. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back.
0: For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The Best of Investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. Now, Back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome
1: back to The Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Nam Bon, and Pacific Private Money, our special guest, Ken Winans. Uh, first trivia question, Facebook was originally developed as a social tool for students at which university?
2: Wasn't it Chico State?
1: (laughs) Harvard. Harvard, that is correct. Our (laughs) By the way, Zuckerberg Zuckerberg did not
3: graduate from. Yeah, (laughs) that's right, exactly.
1: Hey, I want to make a quick mention here for the Tahoe Lakeshore Lodge and Spa, which provides guests with an all-lakefront hotel in South Lake Tahoe, where every lodge room and condominium has a view of the lake and mountains. Guests can relax uh, or play on over 500 feet of private beach. Check them out at www.taholakeshorelodge.com. All right, Ken, uh, continue on with uh, inflation.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hey, listen, I, I'll tell you guys something because, you know, I also do ABC radio and I also write for Forbes. And so, and Edward always says, I can be a little unplugged on the show, unlike other PC-oriented shows. So I've often been telling people that, I mean, we're old enough, to, Edward, you and I are special old enough to remember the 70s. And I remember my dad, my family were, you know, from the East Coast. I remember as a kid going back to New York City. I remember going down Fifth Avenue when I was a kid and seeing all these mini skirts and high boots. And I was, I don't know, I'm a, maybe eight or nine years old, but I remember how tall all these. And so I tell everybody, we're, gonna, we're going back into the 70s without the really nice fashions and without the good dance music and the discotheques. Ah. With COVID, we can't do anything. So, mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's the whirlwind. But when I was telling about the politicians and I bring up inflation and you bring up, your guys are spending money you don't have. You, you're, you're indebting us. And you haven't thought about when the butcher's bill comes due, when, int- when you guys have to refinance all this debt, we in business know this, what's going to happen when your interest charges go up? They're not going to be able to afford to pay it. They'll just, they don't know who's going to pay it.
1: They're going to put more
3: gasoline in the engine and just print out more money. I, but it, at some point that's how empires die. I mean that's how Rome died. That's how the British were nuked. I mean it, it they but they don't seem to understand that and I just find it perplexing.
1: Well, what they it they, seems like what some of these countries do is they'll just take a couple of few zeros off the end of the uh, uh the, the, the currency yeah.
2: and then they say we're back in business. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> Which you know it's it, by the way um if you guys haven't read it uh, my last article in, in Forbes, you might, and I'd, I'd encourage the audience to read it. It's on Forbes.com, no charge to read. It's called The A, Bs, and Cs of High Inflation. I would encourage you guys to read it because it was interesting that I went back and looked at it historically. And, and the things that we have going on today, which is, you know, back then we came off of Vietnam, lost that war, as it appears we lost Afghanistan. So you lose a war government was flooding the economy with money then you had an earth-shattering event that shut everything down back then it was the arab oil embargoes the two of them this was covid then you had uh you know back then we went off the gold standard so the dollar had competition well today we have crypto so it's just eerie how we have these comparisons and people say oh that that's not a fair comparison i said well it is it is (laughs) and and if you go back and look at the good news is Real estate typically does well in that environment. Commodities do well in that environment as they are now yeah. until rates start going up and so I think that that 's the one thing i 've been trying to tell people is that look you know we've been we 've had unusually low interest rates on everything for a long time, whether yeah. it's yeah. margin on stocks, mortgages on housing, yeah. but at some point it can 't stay there forever and it 's going to have to go back to a normal level so i 've just been trying to tell people you know, look, you know, do your financings while you can now, but at some point you're going to have to wake up and, and face the music on this stuff. Ken, so, can, can, so
1: for like when you said real estate, uh, when interest rates go up, is it more because people are just not gonna be able to
3: pay it? Uh, for those higher mortgages. They won't be able to qualify for a mortgage. Yeah. I mean, well, but, and, and Edward, I'd like to think we're smarter than we were in 2006 and seven, and smarter than we were well, in the late it, 70s, but yeah, I'm not sure we are. Well, they, mm-hmm. there
1: are regulations. Of course, they could always ease those regulations with Dodd-Frank. You know, they could change the rules on that, but you do have to have ability to repay now, which you didn't really have to have back then. But just to give the audience a little uh, um, background on, on Ken, if I remember correctly, didn't you used to provide information for like Fidelity Investments in Princeton yeah. University. So they, oh, yeah. they wanted research. They would actually go to you,
3: if I remember. I actually love it. Morningstar's database. So Morningstar, the big rating agency, um, they added. So w- my firm is also a research firm in addition to being a, an investment management firm. And yeah. I, I did, I basically created two indices. One is real estate. We have the only housing index that goes back to, and I'm not kidding, 1830. Wow. Yeah, so- <laughs> you know, it, and believe me, it took a long time. I had to go through all these old studies, these academic studies, and I had to come up with an algorithm to put it all together and all that. So Morningstar was trying to find an index that didn't have a 60-day lag. Case Schiller, I always love when they posted 60 days ago, this is what real estate was doing. It's kind of like, really, who cares? Yeah. 60 days ago, who gives a crap? Yeah. But ours is, it only has a 21-day lag. Uh, it, it's off of New home prices, so it's not it's not as extensive as existing, but I think new housing is still a very good sampling what's going on in housing. Mm-hmm. And then I have a preferred stock index that is a type of security that pays high dividends. But both of them are on Morningstar's database, which I'm I'm thrilled they came to me and asked me if we could if they could add it to their database. But so the point being that when I do go back and look at what happened to housing in the '70s, you know, again it had that initial wonderful surge up. But when interest rates started climbing, you did see that, you know, like everything, housing prices had gotten overpriced. Housing came back down to reflect the cost of borrowing. And also, there's been a lot of studies done that multimillion or, or very, you know, high-end housing, very high-end properties are actually, as you guys know better than I do, you know, those people typically don't need mortgages to buy a $10 million house. But yes. it is very uh, highly correlated to movements in the stock market. So if if interest rates go up, stocks will start having issues. Uh, some of those people will probably say, ouch, I've taken a hit in my deferred cop program at work, or ouch, my 401k is taking a hit, and they will probably hold up. The point being, at some point, every, everything has to slow down in order to get inflation under control. Mm-hmm. Going back to what I said earlier, I'm just astounded that the people in Washington just it is not important right now. There's wow. no thought of what's going to happen when rates go up.
1: Well, as we say before, uh, in the past is uh, actually current today, too, is uh, the definition of uh, or excuse me, the job description for a politician is to get reelected. That's yeah. all they care about. OK, we're going to get to our second commercial trivia question here. What two pieces are moved in chess to execute a castling maneuver? So to castle, they call it, you say, I'm I'm going to castle, as they say, call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate. What two pieces are moved in chess to execute a castling maneuver? And by the way, I want to make a quick mention here for Palio. Uh, restaurant in San Francisco. It's been serving San Francisco since 1990. And it's no surprise that it's been voted best Italian restaurant in SF weekly this year uh, consistently been voted. One of the best restaurants in San Francisco by San Francisco locals open Monday through Saturday. Check them out. Reservations are required. Visit paliosf.com. Stay with us. Best of investing. I'll be right back.
0: You're listening to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown.
1: Welcome back to The Best of Investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Ken Wine and Mom Fon. Uh What two pieces are moved in chess to execute a castling maneuver?
2: Gentlemen? Thanks. Rook, Bishop. Close. King and Rook. Ooh. Well, right. King makes sense. Um, so in the last segment, uh, Ken, you were talking about uh, your, your trip to Washington and one of the things you mentioned uh, as sort of parallels what happened uh, back in the 70s. Uh, you were talking about crypto um, and, you know, what's going on in the crypto space. I mean, I'd love to get your take on what you think of it. I mean, we two years ago, I think we we had a conversation uh, or segment on the show where we talked about Bitcoin and we were bashing it. And, you know, since then, you know, it's data stuff that's gone up significantly. I can't even remember what it was back then. But, you know, we didn't really just thought it was just gambling. Um, whether or not the underlying blockchain technology is is legitimate, I think there's some value to that. But, um, you know, specifically Bitcoin or cryptocurrency in general, I'd love to get your take.
1: And I don't today. understand how do you how do you mine these things? Because if, if I mine it, don't I take it
3: from somebody else? That's what I don't understand. But go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, and first off, you know, I, and I, no, I agree with you. I actually I'm I did some studying. Forbes asked me to do a, a, a piece on crypto a while ago. And I, I think the blockchain technology, I actually think, and I'm, you guys might agree with me on this, if there is an area of finance and investments that needs to be modernized, it's the whole transaction process with real estate. I yeah. mean, it's downright Byzantine how we have to go through title insurance. And yeah. you guys know better than I do what has to go through this process. It's mind numbing. So yeah. I, I think that down the road, it, will, it could really transform real estate in a, in a positive way. All right. But here's the thing. It, you know, I, it, my firm, we are a fiduciary. It means that, you know, we're held with the standard of we have to put the client first. And so, I, like you guys, I've been asked about crypto hundreds of times. And I just say, well, look, number one, that the, until it is insured by FDIC insurance, if it is held in a bank, or SIPC industry insurance held in a brokerage account, I cannot consider it anything but speculative because you do not have protection. If, if you have a, a crypto wallet and you have an account at Charles Schwab and Schwab come, I'm just using them as hypothetical, of course, yeah. and they have a wallet on their website and you go in one morning and your $300,000 in crypto is gone. If you had SIPC insurance, you have someone to go to and say, hey, I was robbed. You know, if, if, if your stocks or your bonds or your commodity contracts are stolen, you're protected. And as you guys probably remember, in 2008, we were concerned about, my gosh, are those Lehman Brother accounts secure? Yeah. Are those Merrill? And they were. They, you, Civic protected those accounts. So, th- so you don't have any of those kind of protections. OK, so now we get into crypto. I have a background in commodities. I tr- I've traded foreign currencies in the futures markets. I've traded other things. And I've told people, look, I'm not against, you know, if you want some alternative investments. I mean, Pacific Private Money is a good example. I mean, there's places that, by all means, you should have it. I think commodities. If you're in an inflationary environment, like I stated that I am, I think People should consider having commodities in their allocations, meaning what I'm talking about, cocoa, corn, soybeans, gold, you know, and if you want to, and if you are concerned that the dollar is going to lose value, as it did in the 70s when it went off the gold standard, then fine. But why not have, in addition to crypto, yen, euro, yuan, you know, have a basket of other currencies to to mitigate that, because if the dollar goes down, they're going to go up. Mm -hmm. So have crypto in that. But I agree with Nam when he said that there's a there's a there's a speculative mindset to it. And I personally always get real concerned with what becomes popular with new investors like dot com stocks in 1999 Mm -hmm. or, you know, people who thought they were, you know, housing experts that were buying houses they couldn't afford and they lost it all. I just get concerned. It's too new. Me personally. When people say, well, look at all this money I made in crypto. And I said, well, I can show you people who made 2,000% trading cocoa. I didn't see you guys hammering down on cocoa futures. Mm. So I just am concerned. I think it's too new. And personally, people in my industry, I think until it's protected with insurance, I'm not going to be actively promoting it how do you guys feel i mean you're in the- well, I,
1: I think yeah. i could personally move the cocoa market because i like hot chocolate so much uh, <laughs> yeah. you know crypto i can't eat so yeah. there you go for that you like chocolate donuts too Edward? yeah oh, please That's don't true. mention that uh you're yeah. teasing me already <laughs> like, <you laughs> know, I, I, just a,
3: one other quick thing i mean there's been a lot of stories coming out about you know that like at coin bank and i mean i've been reading them as you guys have been mm-hmm. where money just seems to be disappearing and i that just scares the heck out of me i
2: oh, right. of going, yeah.
1: i mean almost like a pyramid scheme if i'm going to do a pyramid scheme i'm going to invent it i'm not going to come in at the end <laughs> you know yeah. i'll be well, the top guy and start kind of fooling you, know,
3: you know i'm just I, but I, I have to tell you guys it's funny because i'm always i ever because I, I in my i've been in the game a long time and i've always heard about pon you know the ponzi scheme people and i'm always told. Oh, you know, you just don't understand this. This is new, and you <laughs> old guys don't get it. And I, I hear that you know. I remember you guys know there was a Ponzi scheme in Nevada. Yeah. What was a Three hundred million dollar Ponzi scheme. I knew one of those guys, and I was hearing the same. Oh, you just don't understand our business. And I said, Well, I can add numbers. Yeah. These numbers don't add up. And so, yeah. Edward, you brought up about the mining and all that stuff. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not a technology expert, but I do find it funny that people who I know who are. Yeah. who work for a lot of these big tech firms. Yeah. And I ask them, how much of your own money do you have in crypto? Well, I've got a half a million dollars. Yeah, you got a half a million dollars, but you're worth 10 million. That's hardly convincing to me.
2: Yeah, interesting. I, interesting. I think the underlying blockchain technology is here to stay. And I, I agree with what you're saying in that you can, you can make the real estate transaction and even the finance piece of it much, much more efficient. Um, if you use blockchain correctly, and I see I see some companies now that are in the space uh, in the finance space or decentralized finance mm-hmm. that uh, I think are building kind of the the you know, the roadmap for for real use cases for blockchain. But but Bitcoin. Yeah, it's just it's, you know, it's driven on speculation. And so um, it could go down. You know, it's it's running up right now back to close to you know, 55,000. Yeah, um, but it could drop just as easily like it did earlier this year. Well
1: so. you can't really do it, at least with the yen or something. You can actually cash in yen, go to yeah. Japan, and spend it. You know, crypto is just kind of this ethereal thing.
3: Well, I, I just you know, guys. I mean, I, I just I get like I said, I, I'm actually I'm I'm a little old school about this. I get. I, The stocks that I buy, I rarely buy companies of celebrity CEOs. They make me very nervous because they're more worried about their persona in many cases than they are about running their company. I love the company where I could go down to a local place in downtown Marin, anywhere in and the person could walk in and we wouldn't know who they were. I like those kind of companies. Gotcha. All right.
1: Hey, guys, cutting to the third commercial trivia question break here. What word describes a cut of steak containing both the T-bone and the tenderloin? Right? What do they call that uh, That cut of steak? All right. 888 912 1190. First caller with the correct answer is going to win the tanning certificate. Stay with us. Best Investing. We'll be right back.
0: Now, back to the best of investing with Edward Brown on 8:60 a.m. The answer
1: welcome back to the best of investing edward brown ken winans and mom fun here uh what word describes a cut of steak containing both the t-bone and the tenderloin what do they call that cut of steak
2: <laughs> i'm not a steak person
1: you're not a steak person okay
3: i'm gonna take a wild guess here edward
1: Ribeye? Yeah, so, no,
3: it's actually the porterhouse it's oh, porterhouse
1: yeah okay. and uh if you ever buy a steak, uh, buy, buy a porterhouse, you get the two best pieces and then just split it with someone. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, we have an email that comes in uh, from a listener and says, you has said often that you get leads from other mortgage brokers, why would they recommend your company?
2: So why would they run, recommend Pacific Private Money and what does Pacific Private Money even do? So, you know, we're an alternative lender or private money lender, so-called hard money lender in the days of old, but essentially, you know, we provide capital to people who are buying a piece of real estate, whether it's their personal residence or maybe a home that they're going to Uh, fix and hold and rent out or or fix and flip. And so we occupy sort of a segment of lending that, you know, you wouldn't wouldn't get that kind of loan at Bank of America or Wells Fargo or any conventional lender. And so the uh, email question uh, relates to why would a conventional lender, essentially, or a mortgage broker, somebody who arranges mortgages uh, representing multiple uh, banks, send somebody to Pacific Private Money? Well, number one is probably because it's a loan situation or scenario that they can't do. Um, and, you know, a few examples of the types of loans that we do, that we specialize in, that, that banks don't specialize in, uh, are bridge loans. So a bridge loan uh, for us is a loan where we are providing the financing for a home that somebody's bar- uh, purchasing when they, but they still haven't sold their current home yet, their departing residence. And it's very common, especially right now, we were talking about um, you know, real estate at the first few segments and how uh high the prices have gone. It's super competitive out there right now. I mean we have um so many people come to us uh directly, the consumer, or through a mortgage broker, uh like the email question uh asks, or a real estate agent, because they say, you know what, I'm trying to make an offer on a home um and you know, I have a home to sell. And so I'm losing out because I'm writing in a sale contingent offer and, uh, and, and I'm competing against 10 other offers, three of which are all cash. Well, you know, if you put on your, the seller hat here and you're entertaining 10 offers and three of them are all cash, you know, why is that attractive? It's because, geez, I don't have to worry about this borrower's bank loan falling through. Yeah. So I'm going to take the, the cash in hand. And so those three offers are usually the three cash offers are usually the ones that get looked at first and the only ones that are really in competition for that for that purchase, our bridge loan actually helps because it allows that home buyer to make an offer without a sale contingency, the one who's, you know, who has a home or, or that's going needs to go on the market. And um, so that's, that's getting referred to us. Those types of borrowers, the scenarios are, uh, are being referred to us by banks by mortgage brokers, because number one, they're not going to do a bridge loan. However, they will do the takeout. So essentially, we provide the bridge loan so that, that we can help them buy that next home. They're in that loan really for a short period of time, essentially until they sell their departing residence and they take the cash or the proceeds to pay us off, pay us down, or use it towards, um, you know, the, the in combination with a refinance with their conventional lender. And so we're, we're essentially um, plan B, We're a a solution for those people who are trying to get that next home. And we're an ally to not only the mortgage broker because he or she will get the takeout loan, they'll get the refinance opportunity. And we're an ally to the real estate agent as well because we're helping save a transaction or or create that transaction. And if anything, a realtor should know this, is that it helps actually create inventory because there are so many homeowners today with a ton of equity in their home. And there's this fear that, I know I can sell my home, but I don't know where I'm going to move to. And the fear of, Hey, if I sell my home, I might have to rent back, you know, the property or go again into rental somewhere until the next, you know, until I find my, uh, the home I want to purchase. Uh, Many homeowners don't realize that they can actually, uh, buy their next home first. And then they have the flexibility and time to, you know, sell their home, their departing residence without the pressure of, you know, concurrent escrows, or you know, certainly the pressure of having to move.
1: Okay, twice. How, do, how do people get a hold of you? And then I want to move back to Ken for a minute.
2: Yeah, yeah, they can get a hold of me by calling us at four one five eight eight three twenty one fifty, or go to our website www.pacificprivatemoney.com. dot dot com.
1: OK. And, Ken, I want to go back to you for just a minute uh, b- before I forget. How do people get a hold of you if they have
3: questions? Well, sure. And, and, and let me just say this real quick and, and credit Inama, another thing that you know very well. Uh, I have I mean, we know there's a record level of divorces right now because of COVID. And you guys know it's virtually impossible in the midst of a divorce for somebody to buy a piece of real estate unless someone's going to sign a quick claim deed and, and mm-hmm. you can't do it. Yeah. I mean, right there is a prime example of where a firm like yours helps somebody who's trying to secure a home while they're trying to get their divorce finalized it's it's fantastic because no more no conventional mortgage company will touch that. They say, sorry, not in California. We're not going to touch that. So, yeah,
2: you're right. You're right. We, we do quite a few loans uh, to divorce situations. And it's unfortunate, like you're saying, the record number that we're seeing this over this last year and a half. But, uh, you know, if we can help uh, in that situation, then then give us a call. Yeah, absolutely.
3: So, Edward, in my case, you know, and, and you know, we're a registered investment advisor and knock on wood, we uh, we're one of the few people in the Bay Area who actually have f- top ranked Morningstar rankings. So, and let me tell you something, dealing with Morningstar is like getting an Academy Award. I mean, we all hold, we're all nervous every quarter waiting <laughs> to where those results come out. And I mean, it, God help you, if you have a bad quarter, they just hammer you. But anyway, uh, I would recommend people who are looking at you know, advisors who build customized portfolios who need something more than the off-the-shelf type stuff they can get at a bank or an investor should give us a call. Uh, our number is eight hundred four 4 winans W-I-N-A-N-S, or go on our website, winansinvestments.com, and certainly you can read about our performance and the kind of services we do. And we do... We don't hold the money. The money is held at the big custodial firms like TD Ameritrade and Schwab. So again, it's it's just meant to be an advisory firm, not a custodian. And what, what do you like now? Obviously,
1: we've talked. Uh, we don't really care for cryptocurrency. <laughs> what what? Uh, and, and each portfolio is going to be different. Obviously, okay. de- depends on the person's needs and how old they are, how much money they have, their objectives, etc. Absolutely. Is, is there any kind of uh, magic type? Uh,
3: investment you like out there nowadays how about how, how just make money
0: <laughs>
3: I, i've been astounded to look at some portfolios and i look at the results over the last five years and see this is just pitiful yeah. these, these professors haven't done well at all so here's the thing uh this is actually an interesting time because we of course we've had this big you know massive run basically induced by government money to keep us out of the hole with covid and so stocks have had a good run but i've been telling people as we go forward you're going to find that it's going to become more challenging. You know, I, we're in the middle of earning season. Mm-hmm. God help any company that does not post reasonably good performance. Those stocks are going to get mauled Bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at what happened to Facebook the other day, just on, they had a power outage. Yeah. Boom, no questions asked, you get taken down. So we're in that world where if you're not continuing to perform well, it will be difficult. Uh, also, Uh, I mean, this time of year, usually November, December, January are typically good times in the market, but it's partly because holiday season is great and people expect to take off. Well, is Christmas going to be good this year if they don't have things in the stores? I don't know. Uh, Amazon. (laughs) Well, you know, uh, can we have to cut to a quick
1: break? We're going to come back with some closing comments. I definitely want you to continue. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown.
1: Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with of Pacific Private Money and Ken Winans of Winans International. Uh, Ken, why don't
3: you continue on with what you were mentioning? Well, so the thing is, anybody who has money in stocks, whether it's a retirement plan, IRA, their own individual portfolio, I mean, you can make money, but I actually think the two things. Number one, you're going to, have to be very selective of what you buy going forward. And number two, I love it when I hear people, actually, you'll love this. I have a new client, guy's in his 80s. He, his former advisor told him, well, you know, you're in stocks for the long term. And he goes, I'm 81 years old. <laughs> what's long-term to you i mean first off anybody would be stupid enough to make a comment like that to a wealthy investor who's by the way a savvy business guy Mm -hmm. Dumb. Uh, the point is the investment groups have aged and nobody wants to go back and relive 2008 and yet it Mm -hmm. could happen so i told everybody look whatever strategy you use whether it's growth investing value investing reits whatever you use you have to have a defensive game plan. What is your strategy for taking profits? What is your strategy to mitigate tax effects of that? You, but you should have a strategy to take money off the table. Mm-hmm. You should. Real estate, at some point, you know, look, if your house, if, you're, if, if somebody's just giving you stupid money and you're getting ready to move, hey, you know what? Maybe take some off the table. There's still tax exemptions there. I just think everybody should have a price in which they will play defense, knowing the prices will be lower. The other thing, A lot of people are eyeing retirement, and it's very standard. They begin to move money into income-producing portfolios, whether they're private loans, alternative investments like what Pacific Private Money offers, corporate bonds, uh, muni bonds, whatever you may be buying. But people are afraid to do it now because they're worried about inflation, and they know bonds can get hit. So again, it's what kind of bonds. And so Mm -hmm. in my article, I talk about this. There are bond strategies where you can have those income-producing investments that won't get rocked in a high inflation scenario, and namely it is move the maturities in. Don't lend money out for 20 years. Lend it out for five. And then as Mm -hmm. rates go up, you can reinvest it at higher levels. Also, ladder your maturities. Don't Mm -hmm. stick everything at one place. So the point being... Edward, that's what we're doing right now. We're having a lot of people that we're we're learning to navigate this inflationary world, and so far, knock on wood, it's been working. Uh, Last but not least, uh, a lot of my clients are, like we talked earlier about, relocating. And I do know that the folks that have real estate, large California real estate holdings, are seriously looking at doing 1031s into tax-favored states while they still can, But maybe not the entire role, they're gonna move some of it into more liquid investments. So I do know for a fact, these moves are being made by people uh, to try to get ready for retirement and just to have more liquidity in their lives.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Interesting, that's great. Good
3: stuff. That's good content. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, we all learned to spend. Oh, hey, hey, last but not least, and I mentioned it earlier, commodities. Uh, Again, we have not had to think about having commodities in portfolios. The good news is you don't have to go out there and play uh, commodity futures like in that movie Trading Places. You don't have to blow yourself up. There, one of the few times I do use products, there are exchange-traded funds that do and are fairly liquid for agricultural commodities, metals. So I am encouraging people to say, look, if you agree with me on inflation, then you need to look at commodities as part of your portfolio going forward. Do you, are there any
1: specific,
3: uh, specific, specific commodities that you like? Well, you know what? I actually think it's interesting uh, on the gold thing. You know, the one thing that hasn't played out now is that gold is not gold and silver have actually been not doing well because I actually think crypto has been robbing some of their thunder. Yeah. yeah. I actually think gold's undervalued right now relative to the inflation play. So, maybe if people agree with me, maybe look at the ETF, the gold index that which is GLD or the silver uh, which is SLV. Uh, I would also uh, I would tell people You know, there's a, their uh, telcrum has some ETFs in cocoa, corn, soybeans. But here's the point. If you really don't understand it, don't do it by yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a good way to cause yourself self-inflicted wounds. You should work with somebody who really understands the growing seasons, that somebody knows the difference between summer wheat and winter wheat. You know, like I said, I spent two years in Chicago. I understand the game. And if you're going to try to figure it out in your own good luck, uh, I wish you well, but it probably won't go through. All right. Hey, guys, we got to cut
1: out. Here's our thoughts for the day. Bigfoot is sometimes confused with Sasquatch. Yeti never complains. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to get paid to sleep. It would be my dream job. All right. Tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We'll be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown. wishing you the best of investing. So long.
0: You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for The Best of Investing on 860 AM